Julie McIlwain was first on Binge Reading on 2018 with her Time Travel Mystery Series, and now she returns with Book 5 in a series which has since been optioned for TV, Shadows in Time. It continues the journey of time traveller FBI agent Kendra Donovan as she solves murders in Regency, England. Welcome to the show, Julie. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate you inviting me. Look, the last time we talked, it was December 2018, and you hadn't been, you had two books, I think, in the series out at that stage, working on the third. Now, as I say, you're on to number five, and actually, I believe that number one has been sold to TV. So congratulations on that, for starters. Thank you. Tell us about the journey since we last talked. Number three, you were working on, but now you're up to number five. Yes. Well, it's been it's been really a wonderful a, a wonderful adventure, I've got to say. You know, not only creating the series, but also just having people all over the world reaching out and, you know, to me and connecting with me about the series. I've had and this has been really it was so touching because I've had actually several people reach out and say that reading the series has really helped them through the p- pandemic. And I just, you know, to me, that was unexpected and and really nice to hear. As you say, I, it's not only just the first book, actually all the books have been optioned by Hollywood now. And prior to COVID, Hollywood producer reached out to me. We had a beautiful lunch in Beverly Hills, you know, about this. And then COVID happened and everything screeched to a halt. <laughs> so I think it's coming back on track and, you know, uh, we've heard good things. So fingers crossed. I was also very honored because Town & Country Magazine recently selected A Murder in Time as its 35 best time travel books. So that was kind of an honor. And also, I've got to say, I had people from New Zealand reach out, and I'm going to credit you because they said, you're getting quite a fan base here, and I'm crediting you, Jenny, for giving me a fan base in New Zealand. So thank you. (laughs) That's very sweet of you. We were quite new when we started, so that's lovely. Now, your book is about a 21st century FBI detective, Kendra Donovan, and she gets time slipped back to the early 19th century London, not intentionally at all. She's actually engaged in trying to handle her life in the 21st century when she suddenly finds herself shooted back into 19th century London. Tell us a little bit about the background for how that happens to her. Well, to me, okay, basically what happens in it, it happens in a murder in time where you see her in the 21st century, she's involved in this tracking this terrorist, and she's this brilliant FBI agent. That mission goes seriously wrong, and half her team ends up killed. She herself is seriously injured. When she recovers, she finds out the mastermind behind it has actually been recruited by the CIA. So he's now a CIA asset and untouchable, and she can't handle this, so she wants justice. So she ends up going to England where he is actually located. She infiltrates a fancy ball where she has to pretend to be a lady's maid to get close to her target. What she doesn't realize is that other people, he's double-crossed people now to be a, as a CIA operative. So he there's an assassin that is sent after him. And so the assassin gets him before Kendra can, and Kendra actually has to flee the assassin. She ends up running into the stairwell 
That's when things go seriously wrong <laughs> to no fault of her own. She stumbles out again and it takes her a little bit, but she starts realizing she is no longer in the 21st century. And because she was dressed as a lady's maid, they just mistake her as a lady's maid. You know, so she has to deal with these, this, her change of circumstance, which is very strange to her. And um, when she's dealing with it, and one of the, for me was a, a fun moment because she is so brilliant and talented and, you know, efficient in the 21st century. In the early 19th century, she's she is not. And she's actually demoted for the first time in her entire life. So she ends up in the, as a below stair maid, <laughs> below stairs maid. And during this time, there's a woman, a young girl actually was found in the lake you know, murdered. And she, as an FBI agent, knows that this uh, it's a work of a serial killer. So she has to convince people that she there's a serial killer. This is before anybody even knew about serial killers. So she had to convince them that there's a killer on the loose, that she can find him. And so basically, that's the book. She's, you know, trying to uncover this killer. And the series is where she kind of wants to get home. She just doesn't know how to get home. So anyway, when it comes to all the books, She's solving a murder in every book and she's developing and growing as a person in that era, you know, but she does want to get home, but that's not so easy. Yeah, she doesn't really understand how she could get home, does she? Because she doesn't quite understand how she even got there in the first place. Yeah, that's, and to me, that's one of the, you know, the fun aspects of it because it really, and it offers like the Duke who she owns, you know, he who she gets to know and he he's what we call in back then it would be a natural philosopher but now we'd call him a scientist and he's very enlightened but he's a very uh i would say you know he's very he believes you know he has he's very spiritual he has a he's got a deep faith and kendra was born in such and she just doesn't and i just find like they both look at her circumstance there you know where he attributed attributes it to maybe a higher power you know she looks at it more as a science and it's just to me it's interesting yes so she's she's semi-adopted by this duke isn't she so she's in a protected environment he 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 describes her as his ward or his goddaughter doesn't he something like that yes back in the day yeah he took her on as, as his ward because i mean basically it would be just it's not it, it, she's this young beautiful young or, you know beautiful young woman it's not even though the castle is quite large you know if she's not a servant they really don't know where to put her and back then you had to have a place <laughs> yeah. So he thought, well, this and you know, in a murder in time, you know, he understands where she's from. So, you know, being her, his ward seems the best way to handle this situation because as a single lady, she can't just hang out in the castle. <laughs> That's right. And as a former FBI agent, of course, she's got huge amounts of technology at her fingertips with which to serve, to solve crime, like being able to do fingertip printing and DNA testing. And of course, none of that is available to her in the 19th century. So she has to resort to really old-fashioned methods of sleuthing, doesn't she, to get her results? She does. I mean, you know, she she tries to be as innovative as she can be, but it is a never, it's a source of frustration from her that she doesn't have all this technology that she had in, you know, in the modern era. And 
And also when she sees how things are done, they, like I said, one of the things when I did my research, I mean, to know that like certain if a crime is committed, they sometimes opened up the house for looky-loos. You could come in and look at the body or where the bodies were. I mean, it's just, it's kind of fascinating. It just that, you know, not having crime scenes you know, and, you know, like crime scene tape and everything in procedure. So she, she creates her own procedure, which they don't under really understand, but, you know, just that's, that's familiar to her. And it's like that, but yeah, I, it, she has to do everything the old fashioned way. And that does edge into one of the aspects of it that fascinated me was that, as you say, her guardian, the, the Duke whose house she's staying in, he's very, scientific and up with the cutting edge of science as understood in his time. But she's very aware that she's not, she shouldn't tell him about things that have been discovered since because she might change the whole path of history if she tells him about some of the discoveries that have been made in the you know late 19th century or early 20th century. That's quite fascinating. Tell us a bit about how deeply you went into that and what kinds of things you became aware of. Oh, it's so interesting because honestly, I did a lot of research into time travel itself, more more than it'll ever end up in the books because, (laughs) you know, the time travel aspect is really a vehicle to get her to the, you know, the uh, early 19th century and to put her in this situation. Yeah. You know, and once I was at a a library doing a book signing and I was speaking and all this stuff, and I just got into the time travel thing, all the research I've done, and I could see people's eyes glaze over. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, I'll go back. So, you know, obviously she thinks about it and she thinks from her standpoint, she has a lot of knowledge on these, this subject so she can think about it. But I think anybody like, well, I guess I, you know, growing up, seen a lot of time travel shows or twilight zones or whatever. So we have the theories where, you know, like the butterfly effect or the chaos theory. So, you know, if you, you can change history. You know, there's certain people who have, have the theory that the giant things in history, the big things can't are fixed. They're fixed and nobody can basically go back and change them. Then there's the people that think even a, a tiny butterfly wing can create a hurricane in another part of the world. So Kendra basically doesn't know. And because she doesn't know, she's afraid. I mean, and she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to change history. In the beginning, she doesn't want to change history because she doesn't want to get back to her own era and find everything changed. <laughs> but now, even if she thinks that she's not going to get back, she just she does not want to be the one responsible for because who knows what could happen? What dire thing could mm could come from that. Mm-hmm. I think she's also careful because there's certain things she does know about that era. You know, she doesn't want to give the Duke a heads up because he might try to save somebody or Alec might try to save somebody. So she really is in this position where she has to keep a lot to herself. And she, you know, it's sometimes an uncomfortable position. There's just a couple of people in her world that she has confided in about the fact that she is from the 21st century. One is the Duke and the other is the man who becomes her romantic interest, and that's Alec. Tell us about that developing romance between Alec and Kendra when they've got such a huge gulf between them in some ways. But it's been fascinating because it's taken me several books to realize how much they have in common because I didn't really bring that out in the first book or, you know, to me there was like a chemistry attraction, whatever. But as I started to 
think about both of their histories. I mean, Kendra Donovan is an outlier in the modern era as well. I mean, her parents were you know, two brilliant scientists who believe in positive eugenics. You know, they believe that if two brilliant scientists get together, their offspring are going to be brilliant. And they have, they had, that's what they did with Kendra. And they had a path for Kendra. She had a destiny that they had in mind for her. And she needed to follow that destiny. There was a, a lot of loneliness, I think, in her childhood, a lot of living up to standards. And Alec is in the same boat, really, because he's in the upper classes of England of that time. And that was a very rigid class system. You know, he had a family, had a wife and daughter, but they perished quite early on. And he loved them so much. And he was like, I'm never going to, I'm not going to remarry. So the dukedom would have fallen on Alec's shoulders. So he knew that was his destiny. His destiny was to get married, to have more children, to take care of that legacy to take care of the lands, you know, and he was not supposed to deviate from that as well. And his father remarried, his biological mother, she passed away, his father remarried, then he passed away. The stepmom did not like Alex. She had a son, she wanted to inherit everything. But so there was a lot of resentment. And I think he was an outlier. So I just I look at these two individuals. And I kind of think it's fascinating, because they are separated by over 200 years. And yet I think they have so much in common, you know, so on an emotional level, I think they both had a very lonely childhoods, but they had so much expectation on them. And so I just, I find it fascinating. I mean, and it's also interesting because, you know, obviously, you know, obviously Kendra is from the modern world. She's an independent woman and, and Alec, you know, he will accept so much, but it he's used to taking care of people. So sometimes it, that rubs each other, you know, the wrong way, you know, where, you know, she, she feels she doesn't need him to take care of her. Although back then she needs it more than she ever had. <laughs> so yeah. it's really interesting. I like the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As we've mentioned, she is very independent, even by 21st century standards. And she finds some of the restraints of the 19th century obviously difficult to live with. But is there anything about the 19th century that she's beginning to prefer to her own time? You know, this is so interesting because I honestly, I thought, and I just, I feel that in terms of the technology and everything around the 19th century, I do not think she, I think she would give it up in a heartbeat for the modern century. <laughs> I think every, like, it's like me, I mean, I would love to visit there, but there's no way would I want to live there. Because I, I just, I think women, especially women, we'd be giving up so much. And I don't know if I could do that. And but I think this is what's interesting because, you know, I mean, what does, you know, it's kind of, it's like, what makes a place a home? What makes a house? You can have a beautiful house with all the, you know, all the appliances, all the technology, all the dude, whatever, this most beautiful house. But isn't it the people in it that make it a yeah. home? Yeah. And, you know, maybe you, a shack, if you had filled it with people that you loved, might be actually something you prefer than the beautiful big house with all the technology. And so I, I think it's, in, you know, like, yes, she would give up the lack of technology, or the, you know, the modern, she wants the modern conveniences. But if you asked her, you know, to give it up because of the people, that's what's making her, it's changing her. And I think yes. it's a wonderful change because in the modern era, Kendra was, 
you know, she was abandoned because her parents put her on this rigid, they had rigid expectations of her. And she was brilliant. She has a, you know, photographic memory, whatever. She got to, Har- uh, not Harvard, Princeton when she was 14 years old. And she just wanted to explore more things. I mean, she was an outlier there as well, but she wanted to explore more things. And her parents were like, no, you're on the path that we put you on. And they kind of abandoned her when she wanted to deviate from that path. So she's got abandonment issues. And she was always very careful, especially in the 21st century. She didn't need anybody. She can live her life completely the way with her work and only have her work and she can live and survive. And that's fine. It might be, I don't think she looked at herself as lonely, but Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, her was her life in the 21st century. I think being forced in the 19th century where she actually really did need people to survive. I mean, she can't, there's no matches back then. She can't even light a candle, really. Mm. I mean, Mm. so she needs people to survive. And I think that opened her up. And I think it made her more vulnerable. I think that's why she's opened her up to a father figure she never had, which is the Duke, you know, to a love interest that, I mean, a deep love interest that she never allowed herself to Mm. even a friend, you know, she never really had much in many friendships. So I think it forced her. Have you got any sense of how this is all going to end? I actually don't. I mean, to me, you know, as long as the readers are out there and are interested in it, and as long as I guess Kendra's story still speaks to me, and I think, you know, as a writer, you have these voices in your head and these characters who have these voices. Now Kendra's voice and the characters, all the characters, you know, they're pretty strong. And I feel like there's still a lot to learn and develop and explore. I suppose the day when it's like, oh, I I just feel like there's nothing else to be said, then I think that's the day, you know, to be done. (laughs) Now, I seem to recall that the last time we talked, you were working in journalism in California. In fact, I think you were working around the TV area. Are you still doing that or have you become a full-time author? Yeah, actually, well, that was COVID. One of the things it did uh, was it shuttered our magazine. So, you know, when that happened, and I guess it's like the old saying where it says, what, one door open or one door closes, another opens. So it really made me think what I wanted to do. Like, do I get another job and and still do these two jobs? The books were doing well enough. It just, you know, California is a very, very expensive place to live. So I don't know if they were doing well enough for me to live in California. But I am originally from North Dakota and my family's still back here. And, you know, COVID just made me really, especially when you're shut down and can't see people. I didn't, you know, it was very difficult. So I decided, I decided this is the time. This is the opportunity. I decided to move back to my very small town and become a full-time author. So that's what I've been doing. So you've gone back to your roots. That sounds rather nice. Yeah, it's been, it's actually been really fun. At first I thought, well, maybe I'll be for a little bit and then I'll go to a, maybe a larger city, but maybe in North Dakota, but I've been having such a blast. So I, you know, I don't, I'm going to be sticking around. (laughs) Oh, great. So tell us a little bit about how that lifestyle has changed. Do you have, are you in a country town? Do you have pets and things that you couldn't have in the city? Is what, what, substantially has changed in the way you live? Well, it's a very, I mean, I'm in a very, very tiny town and it's very rural. So, you know, we have, you know, even during COVID, there was a lot more freedom to move around or whatever. My whole 
Mm-hmm. Most of my family is here and stuff like that. And they're, you know, in farming and construction. I help out and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a lot of family-oriented stuff that I'm very busy with. I just got on the library board of our, our small town. So I'll be doing that. Um, you know, it's just been, like I said, like things, I, you know, I was in California for almost 30 years or whatever. And, wow. uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, and I loved it. I mean, I loved it. I love my friends and, you know, a lot of things, but it's like everything's fresh and new now, the way I grew up. It's like, oh, I remember it, but I, it's all new to me now again. So it's been very fun. That's lovely. Look, tell us a bit about your workload over the next 12 months. Is there another Kendra book in the works? And have you got anything else, any other series that you're thinking about? Yes, actually. Well, I okay, I wrapped a book six for Kendra and it's with my agent. And the last nine months, pretty much, I actually worked on and I just finished a modern day mystery, which has a kind of a connection to Kendra in the fact that the last book that I wrote with Kendra that's with my agent, there's a missing diamond that comes up with the murder. There's, you know, a famous diamond. And in the new book with my, I have this disgraced lawyer who becomes a, is, works for her father, who's a PI. So she's a PI that was a disgraced lawyer. And, um, and then the diamond shows up in that book and then there's a murder. And, and what I like too, is that they're based in Washington, DC, and there are some familiar characters that will pop up. One character that popped up in this particular book is Dean Cooper, who came in a murder in time at the very end. He's the director of intelligence who was basically saying, we're going to get Kendra Donovan, wherever she is. So, because they don't know what happened to her. As far as they know, she killed the CIA asset and disappeared. So they're they're after her. And so he pops up in the the this book. So there's, you know, it it you don't have to have read the in time series to appreciate this book or the new mystery, but there are four people who have read that. There are kind of their lines that they'll see where Kendra, you know, Kendra is mentioned <laughs> and they're looking at the same diamond i also after since my i have actually I have a friend reading this now before i send it to my agent but now i'm plotting and researching my next kendra donovan mystery so that sounds really fun i love that idea of now having a series back in kendra's own time where she sort of figures there in the background a bit and you can see all sorts of ways that might end up coming in a complete circle it's Fantastic idea, Julie. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Look, thanks so much. You've, we've sort of come to the end of our time because we, this is a little bit shorter than the main um, episode that we do. But look, thank you so much. It's been really fun to catch up and we'll continue to watch your work with interest. Maybe when that new one finally gets published, we'll get together and talk about that one. Oh, I would love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay, bye now. All right, bye.